the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praise him. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast that I pray is being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called being imitators of Christ. The Bible tells us who are part of the body of Christ to be imitators of Christ. One of the many reasons why we're told to be imitators of him is because Jesus Christ is the head of the church. The head leads and guides the body in the direction that it should go. The body is supposed to follow the leading and direction of the head. God designed the body of Christ to operate the same way. We Christians who are the body of Christ are supposed to do the same thing that our head, Jesus Christ, does. We're to follow the lead of our head, Jesus, and do whatever our head, Jesus, communicates to us, his body, that we should do. Whatever our head, Jesus, does, we're supposed to follow his lead and do. Whatever our head, Jesus, doesn't do, we're supposed to follow his lead and not do that same thing too. God wants us to be imitators of Christ so we can live the kind of life that he desires us to do. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called being imitators of Christ. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. First John chapter three, he goes on to say, drop down, praise God, to verse five. It says, in verse five, and ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins and in him is no sin. It says, we know that he was manifested to take away our sins. Now we know that part, praise God, because we shout about that part, that Jesus Christ came to this earth to take away our sins. And didn't he, didn't he, didn't he do it? Do a tremendous job at it. Praise God. It's called a great exchange that he did on the cross for me and you. Took our sin away from me and you and allowed himself to become that. Second Corinthians chapter five puts it this way. It says him who himself who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We are not a righteousness of God. We ain't sinners saved by grace. We are righteousness of God in him. We are the righteousness because an exchange was made. Praise God. He took upon our sinfulness and we took upon his sinlessness. He took upon our, uh, our unrighteousness and we took upon his righteousness. Now we are the righteousness of God that was in him. We weren't, but we are now, praise God. But notice, we get excited about that part, but there's an and behind that. Verse says, and in him is no sin. In him is no sin. So that's what I'm telling us a very powerful thing right there. That Christ is no sin in him. Christ, there's no sin in him. And see, we made an exchange with Christ. He took upon our death, we took upon his life. He took upon our sinfulness. We're supposed to take on his sinlessness in such a way as we don't get saved to live like we used to. 
We get saved to live a brand new life that's presented to me and you. And oh, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us to give us an opportunity to live a life where there is no sin. Where there is no sin. Now, we in Christ. Anybody here in Christ? But the Bible says there's no sin in Christ. Praise God. We in Christ. Everybody, is anybody here in Christ? The Bible says there's no sin in Christ. So if we in Christ and we still sinning, what's wrong? Something wrong. Because we supposed to be imitators of him. And as imitators of him, that same thing supposed to be said about me and you. Eventually. That we don't sin either. That same thing supposed to be said about me and you. Eventually. That there's supposed to come a day, praise God, hundredfold back into your life, young man. There's supposed to come a day, praise God, in a not too distant a day, that we're supposed to be able to state of ourselves too. There's no sin in us either. Amen. Somebody say process. process. Now I know there's a process, praise God. I know that. I know that. I know there's a process. I know that the moment you got born again, no gooby dust didn't drop on you from heaven, and all of a sudden you instantly became sin, didn't do no sin no more. I know that. I know that. I know this is a process. It's a learning thing, praise God. But at the same time, come on and learn that thing. Can I put a pause button right here? Because, see, a lot of people want to use this old tired, wore-out Christian saying, praise God, with God still working on me, praise God, with God still working on me, to be able to explain away their lack of desire to live less sinless like they're supposed to. So they just play it off on me. You know, God's still working on me. <laughs> but when he going to finish? Praise God. He's been doing this for 40 years. Praise God. He's been working on you for 40 years in the same thing. You're still cussing folk out. You're still going off on folk. You're still waving at folk, only using one finger, kind of economize the other fingers and stuff like that. You're still doing stuff you ought not do, going off on folk and stuff like that, lying and cheating and stealing and doing things you ought not do. I understand he's working on you, but dang. And he going to finish sometime? So quit using that old tired phrase about, you know, he's still working on me. The Bible says that he that has begun a good work in you is going to be faithful to perform it even until the day of Jesus Christ. He's both Alpha and Omega. He's both beginning and ending. Remember you were singing it a minute ago, he's Alpha, Omega. Well, he done alpha you. Come on, Omega. Come on, let him Omega you too. Let him finish some of this stuff. Praise God. Which means you got to cooperate with him to be able to do that. Is anybody hearing me in here? pause button off see jesus didn't sin and we supposed to get to the point that we say the same thing too that we don't sin no more like we used to do turn to first peter chapter one pastor i don't know about all that it don't quite say it that way praise god i think you just put some scriptures together and the way you do what you do you know you got that gift of gab (laughs) and and you got that ability to be able to say stuff no no come on now let's read i'm gonna show you scripture after scripture after scripture to show you that this is true because I know this is going to be a hard pill for some folk to swallow. But I'm so glad that's not you. First Peter chapter 1. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's start reading at verse 14. We'll see what God's desire is for his people. He said in verse 14, as obedient children. As what kind of children? Obedient. As obedient children. What kind of children? Obedient. You know, God created a binary world, which means it's either off or it's either right or it's either what we should do or. Amen, because there's only a Jew. There ain't no other options in between. So that means either we're going to be obedient children or? Disobedient. Amen. Or we're going to be what? Disobedient. Amen. But we ain't going to be? Disobedient. We're going to be? Obedient. And as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. See, back when, back then, back way back then, when we used to do all this stuff that we used to do, we did that in our ignorance. Drop your rocks. Don't get upset. That word ignorance just means we didn't know no better. That we didn't learn. We was unlearned. Praise God. We ain't know no better. Praise God. 
But like Maya Angelou say, she said, praise God, now that you know better, do better. Now that you know better, do better. But see, back then we didn't know no better. So we couldn't do no better. But now we know better. So we can, amen, so we can, amen, amen. Not keep doing what we used to do because we know more now. Anybody here know more than they used to? Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank God for the, for the truth because the truth will set you free so that you don't have to be what you used to be so that you can now move forward and be who God made you to be and live out that wonderful, awesome life as a child of God like he intended for thee. Let's read about it as we go further. Verse 15 said, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Oh, I'm going to read that wrong. I apologize. I must have had a Bible that, the, that was really written. Let me read the one that everybody else read. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy when you can. At once in a while. On Sunday while you're still in church. But as soon as I get out of church, baby. <laughs> Amen. In some manner of conversation. Few manners of conversation. <sighs> All manner of conversation. God said, this is my expectation of you. I want you to be ye holy. Now that you born again, talking about obedient children. Now that you born again, talking about obedient children. Children who do what he asks them to do. Children who do what he tells them to do. He said, as obedient children, I want you to be holy even as I'm holy. Be holy even as I'm holy. Oh, I like that. Be holy, God say, even as I'm holy. Which means that you don't have to look to the person to the left or to the right of you to see how holy they are to determine what you're going to do. I'm holier than them. Well, God didn't call you to be holier than thou. He called you to be holy as him. Are you listening to me up in here? Hallelujah. So you ain't got to worry about, worry about what they're doing and what they're not doing and what they should be doing and all that kind of stuff, who they're doing. You ain't got to be worried about all that. All you got to concern yourself is what is he doing? And because we imitators of him. And so since we're rated imitators of him, we're supposed to be imitators of him in some manner of conversation. I said some manner of conversation. But y'all quit acting like you read the Bible? Dang. All, some manner of conversation. Why don't you let me be like a Christian like everybody else? Praise God. In all manner of conversation, which means in every way in your life. Air area of your life. Air area. Air area. Air area of your life. God expects you to be holy. Are you listening to me? Like, hallelujah. I said hallelujah. In air area of your life. How you act yourself when you're around other women? When you act, how you act when you're around other men? When you act when you're around folk you know, when you don't know, the ones that is and is not your friend. How you act when everybody else is looking, and when you act when nobody else is looking. God wants you to be holy in air area of your life. I say air air. Every area. See, that wasn't no anointing on that. Air area. He wants you to be holy in air area of your life. He wants you to be holy on that little little tablet you got. That's an area of your life. You know it's an area of your life. You're on it all the time. That little tablet you got, that means ain't supposed to be nothing on there that ain't supposed to be on there. If you ain't a doctor, what you doing looking at somebody else's booty? Are you listening to me up in here? Unless you a proctologist, you ain't got no business looking at that. Is anybody hearing me? Hallelujah. I'm teaching up in here. You're supposed to be holy in our area of life. On your internet? I said, it's getting quiet up in this Presbyterian church. On your internet, it's supposed to be holy in every area of your life. That's what he said, right? 
And why did he say that? He said, because the Lord says, be ye holy, even as I am holy. Saith the Lord. The one that calls the shots. The one that's supreme in authority in your life. The one that has the call, who paid the cost to be the boss and tell you how to live your life. God said, I want you to be holy and air, air your life. But see, once again, we got to go back to 1 John chapter 5. Don't turn there. But we got to, I mean, 1 John uh, chapter 3. Don't turn there. But yet, I want you to remember, oh, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us to be able to do this. Because see, a lot of saints see this as a problem. A lot of saints see this as a difficult thing. Are you trying to put all this on me and stick all this on me and and require all this of me? This is what you're trying to excuse, excuse, excuse me. Oh, what a privilege it is to live holy. What a privilege it is to be holy. What manner of love the Father has bestowed on me to give me the opportunity to be what I could never be. And that's holy. This ain't be something that you're supposed to grumble about. This ain't something you're supposed to complain about. You're supposed to stand up and shout about. Because you've been given the privilege to be holy. Just like your God. Is anybody hearing me up in here? You get to live God-like. Instead of then worldly. You get a chance to live God-like. That's a privilege. That's something to shout about not complain about that's something to get excited about because as a child of God this is a privilege that he's given you that the world can't do world can't live holy like me and you world can't live holy in some manner of conversation much less all matter of conversation that's what separates us from the world that we're supposed to be holy just like he is are you listening to me that when they look at you and me what they're supposed to see is holy why because we serve a holy God we're supposed to see holy and everything that we do, separated and different, living a life like nobody else do, to the point that we are way above our brothers and sisters, way above the rest of the world, to the point that they say, now that's what I'm talking about. I want to get up there. I want to live like that. I want to be like that. Is anybody hearing me up in here? What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us to give us that privilege? Turn to Hebrews chapter 4. Let me read you some more. Straight out the Bible. Praise God. So this ain't no opinion. This is the word of him who's sharing with me and you what he wants us to know and what he wants us to do. See, so remember, we're supposed to be imitators of Christ, right? Yes, Amen. So as imitators of Christ, we're supposed to do it like he did it. Jesus remained holy and sanctified before his father all the time. I said Jesus remained holy and sanctified before his father all the time. And that's what we're supposed to imitate. Start reading in verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest. That is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. See, remember we sons of God too? Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. Don't let it go. Hold fast to what we're saying. For, reason why, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Yet was, was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Once again, that's shouting ground. I know you want to read it from the perspective of the fact that, that, that Jesus was touched with all the feelings of my infirmity. Therefore, he can come and be a sacrifice for you and me. And that's absolutely true. That's included in that too. But there's a part that I don't want you to miss out on. That can be you. Because he told you to be an imitator of him. He created you just like him. 
You're recreated in the image and likeness of God, which means just like he was tempted on all points yet without sin, you can be tempted on all points yet without sin. Just like you, he was tempted and did not sin, you could be tempted and, and not sin. Now, this is shouting ground like a mug right here. We in Christianity 505 now. This is, this is how God wants you to live this word, and that's all the way lie. God wants you to live this life where you just quit all this sinning that you used to do and begin to start living a life that he died and bled for you to do. Are you listening to me up in here? You don't have to sin. You don't believe me? Come on, come on. Anybody in here used to do something that they don't do no more? Look around. Keep your hands up. Look around, look around, look around, look around, look around. Then it's doable. It's doable. Well, if you can do it in one thing, you can do it in all things. I used to study physics. If you can move it an inch, you can move it a mile. Are you listening to me up in here? Because the key is, is it movable? And if you can do it in one thing, you can do it in all things. Are you listening to me up in here? Because if you can do it in one, you can do it in another. So that then means you can be able to have a life that's just like Christ in such a way where you can be able to look back and say, hey, I don't do that no more. Used to do it, but then I stepped through this door. This door named Jesus, and I don't do it no more. I used to do it. That's back when I was a child of darkness. But now I'm a child of light, and I don't do it like that either day or night. I used to do it when I was a child of disobedience, but now I'm a child of obedience. And because I'm a child of obedience, I do what my daddy tell me to do. And I live this thing out just like he want me to do. Somebody shout amen. You can live this thing holy like God wants you to do. That thought in the back of your head that tells you you can't do none of what I said is a lie from the devil that's been put back there to be able to block you, stop you from moving forward in what God has in store for you. But I'm going to help you locate, isolate, and eliminate that lie that's on the inside of you to tell you you can't live this thing out like God wants you to do. Hallelujah! You can live holy. Look at your neighbor and say, yes you can, yes you can, yes you can. You can live holy. You can do it. You can do it. Look at the one on the other side. Say, you can do it too. Mm-hmm, I know you can. See, Jesus was tempted to do other things than what the Father wanted him to do. He was tempted to do other things than what the Father told him to do. But he chose to only do right every time. He chose to do only do right every time. That's why it's all about a choice. That's why God taught you for a whole year about decisions. Because it's about your choice, baby. You can choose what it is that you want to do. Because every day you can make the choice to do what you're supposed to do. When somebody come your way, giving you an opportunity to come out and play, you can say, no. Somebody say, no. See, that is an anointed word right there. You just don't know. That is an anointed word right there. It's called, no. And in case you're from the suburbs, say no. It ain't that many suburbians up in here. Praise God. Everybody say, no. See, that's an anointed word. That is a powerful word. Ask me why. Why? Because slaves always have to say yes. Slaves always have to say yes. Whether they like it, don't like it, whether they want to do it or don't want to do it, they got to say yes. And when you are slave to sin, you must say yes. You will do what he wants you to do. You will do what sin wants you to do. But God has given us the privilege to be sons of God. So we can tell sin, no. Come on, give it to me hood, y'all. No. We can tell him, no, I don't do that no more. Come on, add that to it. I don't do that no more. Give it to me. Say, no. I don't do that no more. See, that's royalty that can say no. Only a king can say no. Everybody else must say yes. Are you listening to me? Well, God has given you an opportunity to say yes to the Lord and no to sin. 
the moment that you entered into what God gave you the opportunity to do. So just like Jesus was tempted on all points without sin, you can be tempted on all points without sin. Just like he was tempted on all points without sin, you can be tempted on all points without sin. See, we too, as imitators of Christ, can choose to do only right every time an opportunity to do evil comes our way. We can choose to do right every time evil come our way. I say every time evil come our way. That's, if, that's even if evil come to you with a cute little tight blue dress on. Mm, come on, your brother got to know what I'm talking about. Really. One that's hiked up about right here or hiked down about right there. <laughs> and you praying up in there, you can be able to say, no, I don't do that no more. No, I don't fall victim to that no more. No, I don't even want that no more. All the brothers in the heart say, no. Come on, you can do it stronger than that. I said all the brothers now say, no. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, no. Yeah, there we go. We can say no to that stuff. Praise God. And ladies now say, hey. hey. When that guy come to you with that swooning voice, praise God, with the background music playing, do 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 Baby. What you going to say? No. I saw somebody say, yeah, baby. Yeah. I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> so I say, next week I'll say, no, this, it's been a <laughs> You can say no, praise God, because you've been made royalty. Are you listening to me up in here? Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. Yeah, we can do this. What a privilege God has given me and you to be able to live this thing out like we're supposed to. We can do it. I said, we can do it. Come on, say it in faith if nothing else. We can do it. 1 Peter chapter 2. God expects us to do it. Now, this is going to be good right here. First Peter chapter 2. Well, Pastor, I ain't did nothing in a long time. I ain't did nothing wrong. Okay, well, let's read this. First Peter chapter 2. Let's start reading verse 21. For even hereunto were ye called, which means you called to this, do this too, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Good God Almighty. Not only did he not do nothing wrong, he didn't say nothing wrong. Not only did he not do nothing wrong, he didn't say nothing wrong. You know, some of us, none of y'all, some of us, Praise God. We might not do nothing. We might have learned enough to be able to bite our bottom lip and not say nothing, not do nothing right there. But we got something to say later on down the line, especially if they reviled us, especially if they said something about us, especially if they did something to us that we didn't like. You know, we're looking for somebody that we like or we're going to tell them about it. Let me tell you what, let me tell you what they did to me. Low down, dead a dog, called themselves a Christian, played me like that. Did this and that. Girl, let me tell you what they did to me. I mean, yeah, girl, they did that to me. You believe that? Low down, little mutt. That's what we used to do. But Jesus, as old folk used to say, didn't say mumbling words. Well, that's all that we have time for today. 
I hope that you are blessed by what the Word of God had to say. I hope that you learn a little bit more about what God wants all of us to do and to be. That is, be imitators of God who made and saved you and me. I hope even more that you're learning about the things that we can do to be the imitators of God like he wants all of us to be and do. So, come on y'all, let's do what God wants us to do and imitate him like he's given us the privilege to do. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at Erico 210-785-9238. That's Erico 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. But it's always best when you can get it live. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and see us. Word of Faith Christian Center is located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 645, Saturday afternoons at 430, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. So come on through. You'll be blessed when you do. I guarantee you. We also invite all the young adults in San Antonio and surrounding areas to come out to our Young Adult Fellowship tomorrow evening. It's called GAA. That's short for Generation Anointed and a Fire. GAA is a young adult ministry with a different flavor for a different generation. It's a ministry for young adults, ages 18 through 30-ish, who come together to celebrate the awesomeness of being young, brilliant, beautiful, born again, and fighter for Christ. The fellowship starts at 7 p.m., and it lasts until they go home. H-E-W hanging. Child care is provided at no charge, and VIP transportation service is available for this, too. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. If you need a ride, we'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. You'll be so glad you did. It's just good to find some other young saints in San Antonio who are also walking this thing out God's way. Whoever thought of being young and saved is boring must not know G-Dub. Don't forget to tune into our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.